Monstrous Agonies. Episode 105. Hi, Tom. I'm Paul. Quashed. Exclusions applied. Lisa Dunton. Teeth, certainly. And I think notes of marigold. The time is 2.45 on Thursday morning. Up next, our weekly advice segment, where I answer your questions on life, love, and all things liminal. Tonight's first letter is from a listener concerned about parenting choices in the family. I'm not sure I should be writing this. My stepsister has made it perfectly clear that my opinion is unwelcome, and I can't imagine she'll be happy to have this shared with the public. But I have to talk to someone. So, here goes. I'm a creature of the night, but my stepsister is a sapio. She's married to a member of the community, and their relationship has always seemed perfectly healthy, respectful. I really believed she was an ally to the community. Until they had a son. My nephew is lovely, (laughs) albeit hard to describe. You know how young shapeshifters are. I carry about six different photos of him in my wallet just to have one that might look like him on any given day. He's a beautiful, healthy young creature who's hitting all the appropriate milestones for his genus. But my stepsister doesn't see it that way. She's recently started taking him to this counsellor if you can call it that. One of those dreadful, quote-unquote, experts who focuses on making creatures conform to sapionormative expectations. They insist on making him have exactly two eyes at all times and only at the top of his face, never on stalks. And he has to have exactly two arms, not tentacles or spikes or anything else. My stepsister raves about how much better my nephew is doing since he started therapy. But he wasn't unhealthy to begin with. The only difference is that now he's better at conforming to her expectations. He is visibly uncomfortable when he has to hold his body in the same shape all day. It's not actually normal for a young shifter to stay static so long. Sometimes he's almost in tears about it. But my stepsister insists that she's his mum and she knows best. And besides, I can't possibly understand how hard it is for her to have a son who doesn't look like her. I am really concerned how this is going to affect my nephew's well-being. But my stepsister and her husband have told me to mind my own business. What can I do to make sure this program doesn't scar my nephew for life? I am so 
Sorry, your stepsister is putting you and your nephew through this, listener. She is demonstrating a fundamental lack of respect for his identity and you have every right to be angry. Regular shifting is normal and healthy for young people of somatically non-stable genuses. Young lycanthropes chew, young sapios chat, and young shifters shift. These sapionormative treatments are at best wholly ineffective at suppressing liminal traits and tendencies. At worst, they are distressing and uncomfortable as the child struggles against the powerful biological need for regular shifting. They also deprive the child of important practice exploring their somatic variants during early development and can lead to them having less control over their shifting later in life. However, I do not think anything will be gained by bludgeoning your stepsister and her husband over the head with scientific fact, no matter how tempting that might be. They aren't making their decisions based on scientific evidence. They are having an emotional response to his shifting and are seeking out validation for those feelings wherever they can find it. Your nephew needs an adult in his life to act as a role model for happy, healthy liminality. Someone who can provide him the support and understanding that his parents clearly can't. You can be that person. But you must tread carefully. The worst case scenario here is that his parents take such offence to your objections that they cut you out entirely. I don't think I need to elaborate on just how vulnerable your nephew would be in such a situation. You can't change the choices they make as his parents. You can only gently offer your insights when the opportunity arises. Otherwise, concentrate on being there for your nephew as he grows up. In time, Perhaps his parents will change their minds. I certainly hope so. But if not, your nephew will know at least one adult he can trust with his true self. And that will count for an awful lot, I assure you. Brought to you by Harrington Carmichael. Traditional banking for the discerning customer. Manage your fluids and your finances. Harrington Carmichael, because nothing goes together like blood and money. Our second letter tonight asks how to handle changes in creature culture. I've noticed a change as regards how certain members of our community behave in sapio-dominated spaces. It seems to have become the fashion for young people to leave off such elements of disguise as I have known many of us to be accustomed to wearing. 
Rather than hiding themselves, they choose to accentuate their non-sapio attributes. Or they wear clothes that loudly advertise their place in our community. Even those who could easily pass for sapio instead go out of their way to appear visibly monstrous. And stranger still, the most reaction I have seen from sapios is a longer than typically polite glance. No harassment, no shame, just mild curiosity. These young people's confidence in their own safety and the responses I see from our sapio neighbours, it is a ray of hope that the world has truly changed for the better. I do worry sometimes that they are not as safe as they believe. I've seen the tides of opinion shift quickly enough in the past, but I can only trust that they understand their situation and the risks they may be taking. What is more concerning is when they place that risk upon me. I am slow to change. I won't be leaving my disguises at home any time soon. But I've been put on the spot more than once by a keen young creature seeking a kind of solidarity I cannot give them. I know they mean well when they pick me out of the crowd in my bulky jacket and hat and say how cool they find it to run into a member of my genus. But I don't find it cool to be identified out loud in front of sapio strangers. There have been times and places where that identification would have threatened my very existence. Those times have not ended everywhere. Those places can still be found, perhaps as close to home as in the hearts and minds of our neighbours. I understand wanting to be noticed, wanting to be seen. I've exchanged thousands of knowing looks in my lifetime. But these things used to be understood. You could say you liked my jacket, and we'd both know you meant that you knew I was hiding my wings under here. Or I might compliment a person's tattoos with the shared understanding that I recognise the scars from their various limb reattachments. I admit I'm not always up to date with current affairs. But if the sapios really did melt down their pitchforks, pack up the witch-hunting tools and welcome the creature community, scales and fangs and all, with open arms, I do think someone in my life would have told me. <laughs> Am I being unreasonable? Has the world changed that much?
I don't think you're being unreasonable, listener. I'm sorry people are failing to respect your boundaries in this matter, and I do sympathise. Attitudes to the creature community in the UK have changed a great deal in the last few years. Still, it would be a gross misrepresentation of the facts to pretend that all genuses are safe in all spaces at all times. I do question your portrait of the louder, more visible parts of our community as being necessarily younger. There have always been creatures who can't or won't hide their nature and who have faced the dangers of difference head-on. I don't say this to undermine your position. I simply think it unhelpful to create dichotomies where none exist. This is not a matter of young versus old, but rather one of various different attitudes around the complex relationship between visibility and liberation. Not quite as catchy, I know, but I think the complexity is rather the point here. Your letter serves as a valuable reminder for all our listeners that what is powerful and liberating for one person may easily be frightening or dangerous for another. If you have the emotional energy, I think these encounters offer a good opportunity for you to voice that difference and reassert your expectations of how we treat each other in this community. A gentle correction might go a long way. Otherwise, I'm afraid I'm rather limited in how I can really help. I'm not actually the voice of Liminal Britain. I can't speak for anyone but myself, and I certainly can't issue forth some kind of commandment for young creatures to be a little less presumptuous around their elders. Quite apart from anything else, I've known too many young creatures to really believe it would have any effect. I suggest you try and join some mixed-age, mixed-genus social groups. Make connections with creatures with different life experiences, seeking out the opportunity to share your own perspectives while hearing from others. After all, sharing our stories with one another is a vital part of building solidarity across lines of difference. You're listening to the Night Folk Network on 131.3 FM. Next tonight, are you paying too much for lair and contents insurance? We discuss the best offers from liminal firms that can help protect your home from slime and mucus damage, heroic home invasion, incendiary respiration, and acts of God. Coffee with two sugars. Constantly rippling. You call it spade a spade? It needed more work. Episode 105 of Monstrous Agonies was written and performed by H.R. Owen. Tonight's first letter was submitted by Reggie Kim. The second letter was from Leslie, and this week's advert came from Tiny Tony Maloney. Thanks, friends. Hello and welcome to our latest supporter on Patreon, Mitt. 
Join them at patreon.com slash monstrousagonies or make a one-off donation at ko-fi.com slash hrowen. You can also help us grow our audience by sharing with your friends and familiars and following us on Tumblr at monstrousagonies and on Twitter at monstrous underscore pod. This podcast is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 4.0 International License. The theme tune is Dakota by Unheard Music Concepts. Thanks for listening and remember... The real monsters are the friends we made on the way.